0: Chapter 9, The Briefing. Captain Biffle walks onto the bridge, looks toward the helm, and orders Lieutenant Thompson to set navigations to pre-programmed course BZF1. The lieutenant selects and clicks a few commands on his console, turns to the captain and says, "Course set, sir. Captain Biffle orders the lieutenant mission forward. The captain turns to communications and inquires, "Instant it have you received any communication from Earth Force reference to the medical reports? No, sir, replies the ensign. Captain Biffer informs her that he is expecting some files and that she should forward them to the briefing room. He turned to the tender fetman. You have the bridge. The captain enters the main briefing room. Captain's Chronicles, 845 Eastern Time, Earth Time. All assigned personnel have reported. We received a shipment of mistrop antibiotics by way of Ambassador Sito. We are now on course to the border zone by way of the BZ grid. Though no ship has ever returned from the grid, I feel we have a fighting chance with the Star Crusher. Chronicle N. The captain leaves the briefing room and re enters the bridge. Lieutenant Fetman sees him and starts to relieve command, but the captain orders him to maintain the calm. The captain walks up to communication and orders the instant to have all senior staff, including Lieutenant Bifford and Ambassador Siddle, report to the briefing room. The instant gets on the shipwire intercom and relays the captain's orders. Before the captain enters the briefing room, he tells Lieutenant Fetman that the course will take them toward the Cyclops asteroid belt. As the officers arrive, they take their seats. Captain Bifford calls the meeting to order. He asked everyone to introduce themselves along with their title and rank, starting with Commander Hong. Commander Joe Hong, second seat, science officer. Commander Boone, racer commander. Commander Janet Basin, medical officer. Chief Stephen O'Toole, chief engineer. First Lieutenant John Scram, Roberts, security officer. Master Chief Thad Baxter, quartermaster. First Lieutenant Jason Bifford, second seat medical officer. SIDO, ship's ambassador. The captain thanks the attendees and asks everyone to open the portfolios in front of them. He tells them to take notice of the security class mission code, RED-1. This mission will take us inside the border zone. Our objectives are to find out if Syntac has been performing illegal experiments on a race known as the Orions. We must also determine the proxy's connection with syntax, if there is any. I had Lieutenant Biff attend this meeting because of his expertise with the Orion's anatomy. The captain turns and orders Dr. Biff to bring the staff up to speed on the Orion corpse. Dr. Biff looks at the captain. Yes, sir. The doctor asks the attendees to turn to page three. He starts in on the corpse. The picture you are looking at is of an Orion male. This particular Orion was discovered on the moon Pyrus. Please focus your attention on his upper torso, especially his lungs. What makes this a mystery is that the Orions only have one large lung. Now take a look at his liver. Notice the split tip at the top of the liver. The tip tells us that the liver is a proxy anatomy. We believe the two alien organs together is what killed the Orion. Chief O2 interrupts Dr. Biffer and asked him whether it was possible that the surgery was performed just to save the organ's life. The doctor claps his hand together and says, Chief, the placement of proxy organs with human organs is unlikely to save anyone's life. Dr. Basin speaks up. Notice the healing around the lungs versus the healing around the liver. It tells us the surgeries performed at different times in this man's life. So I doubted very much that these procedures were used for any other purpose than experimentation. The chief, satisfied with the explanation, turns to Lieutenant Bifford. Sorry, please continue, Lieutenant. Dr. Bifford tells everyone to turn to page four and begins explaining the enlarged picture. He tells them to take a look at the valves running from the lungs to the liver. He then informs them that he and Dr. Basin determined the valves were to be used for filtering toxic air. Commander Hong looked Stunned at the filtering process, he inquires what would be the purpose of breathing toxic air unless you wanted to explore uninhabited planets. Hong also points out that no race he has ever met has a respiratory system that can filter such toxins. Dr. Basin weighs in and explains that the proxies are capable of filtering some toxins, but only by ingestion. Lieutenant Bifford turns his attention back to page four and points out that the valves are routed from the neck through the liver tip, which contains a watery substance, and back through the lungs. We have yet to determine that substance. We believe the substance is the filtering mechanism for the toxins. The air is then passed back through the respiratory system. Ambassador Siddho sips from his glass of water and waves his hand and questions the lieutenant. Why human lungs? Dr. Biffle points out that the Orion lungs are still a mystery. He also explains that the human lungs were used because there are two, and if one fails, the subject can still breathe using the Orion's quad valve system. He stops and looks straight at Mr. Siddle and says, not to mention Ambassador, they are readily available. The Ambassador nods in approval of the doctor's answer. With Ambassador Civil satisfied with his answer, Dr. Biff concludes his briefing. The captain thanks the lieutenant and instructs the attendees to turn to page 8. The page is labeled Syntax, and the captain starts in by explaining that Earth Force has known that Syntax was performing experiments on other races in the galaxy. The experiments were to help find a cure for the Cinch plague, but they were unaware of any type of surgery or infringement into the border zone. Syntax was only cleared to perform gene and cell research. As for the Orion male, he says, we are assuming for now that Syntax abducted him. If so, they entered the border zone without Earth Force permission. Commander Hong looks up from his portfolio. But, sir, isn't it illegal to even adopt less advanced races for any type of medical experiments or research? Yes, it is, replied the captain. But Earth Force bent the rules and didn't take into consideration the repercussions. Ambassador Siddle stirs in his seat, looks at the captain. Do we know how many companies are out there doing such research? As far as Earth Force goes, there are only two companies that have permission to do so. And Syntech is the only one still operational. If Syntech has anything to do with the John Doe, they will be held responsible. The ambassador seems disturbed that this is happening. He leans toward the captain. I wonder what the United Planets would have to say about this. Captain Bifford smartly reminds the ambassador that the United Planets don't seem to be concerned with what is going on outside of their space. He then informs the ambassador that the reason he is there is that the Terran High Council knows of Earth's predicament and has informed them they would help to clean it up. The captain looks sternly over the table. The abduction will end with the Star Crusher. Master Chief Bastard interjects. I am not much on treaties and borders, but if Syntag is abducting the Orions, could that not start a war if the proxies were to find out? Before the captain could respond, Ambassador Sitter speaks up. Yes, it may. Commander Hong turns to the ambassador and weighs in. "If the proxies themselves are abducted Orions from within the border zone, then they have also violated the treaty. Ambassador to looked at the captain. This could be a mess. Now see why you requested me. The captain, getting a little frustrated with the conversation, replies with respect. Since you helped bring peace to the galaxy with the Border Zone Treaty, I felt no Terry knows the proxies better than you. I also hope you will not be needed. The ambassador sharply replies, Oh, on the contrary, captain. You hope I will be needed. If I am not needed, it is most likely that you and the proxies are shooting at one another. The captain turns and looks at his officers. I don't expect this to be a pleasure cruise. The possibilities of running into the proxies are there. Let's move on. The captain concludes his explanation of Syntec environment and begins briefing on accessing the border zone without being detected by the proxies. He starts in with the reason for the current course. Due to the proxy scan of our borders along the zone, we will be unable to enter from our sector. I had Commander Hong survey another route into the zone. Commander Hong, you have the floor. The Commander begins by instructing everyone to turn their attention to the large VAPCOM. He begins by commenting on the monitoring of the border and sensitive nature of the mission. He explains the need to slip into the border zone undetected. He pulls up a diagram of a charted course through the grid, which the Star Crusher should be able to enter and exit without the proxy ever knowing. Master Chief Baxter interrupts. The grid, sir? Yes, Master Chief, replied the commander. Commander Boone speaks up. If it is true the proxies are involved, then they could already be in the zone and possibly detect us entering from the grid, right? True, replied Hong. Computer overlay. BZ-1, slide two, the computer displays a map of the proxy border with little red dots. Commander Hong explains how he and Lieutenant Roberts have been monitoring the proxy side of the border for the locations of all proxy border patrols. He informs the attendees that he was surprised to find that there weren't any patrols. He starts in with the red dots, explaining how they identified unknown smaller craft and they are possibly non-contact races in the zone. With a serious tone, he tells the attendees that if the proxies are crossing into the border zone, then they would have found a way to avoid Earth Force sensors, which itself is a problem for Earth Force. Lieutenant Roberts leaned back in his chair, puts his hands behind his head, and casually addressed Commander Hong. Sir, I heard that the grid is enchanted. Captain Biffle looks at the Lieutenant and orders him to set up straight. He tells him that he heard of all the ghost stories about the grid. And as far as he is concerned, they are just story. Ambassador Siddow looks toward the captain. Sir, captain, we sent two expeditions to the grid and they were never heard from again. They may be ghost stories to you, but they are sorrows to my people. With sympathy in his voice, The captain reminds the ambassador that Earth Force lost a ship when they came out to rescue the Terrians. The captain turns to the table, no more ghost stories. Commander, continue. The commander starts in by explaining the deployment of two TC-12 probes prior to entering the grid. The second probe will be delayed a few seconds so it can track the first. If the first one disappears, we will have at least some data to work with the new probes are designed to last longer due to a multi-layer titanium casing they also come equipped with a longer transmitting beacon hopefully with these new probes we'll be able to find out what is happening to ships that enter the grid the commander asks if there are any questions dr bifford replies yes commander going back to the patrols on the border i was wondering if was the guilty party? And how did they get in the border zone without being detected? Commander Hong replies, That is a good question. And I have a feeling when we find the answer, the proxy signature will be all over it. Are there any more questions? A short silence before the room, and the commander turns to the captain. That concludes my brief, sir. Thanks, Commander, replies the captain. Captain Bifford closes his brief. And orders the attendees to have their staff ready by 900 hours ET tomorrow for arrival at the outer rim of the grid. He then dismisses them. The officers begin to exit the briefing room when the VAPCOM signals the captain that the file for Admiral Timpson has been uploaded. Captain Biffle orders Ensign Sorrentis to forward the file to the med lab. The captain turns and stops Commander Basin before she could exit the room. Doctor, a moment please. I just had instant Sorrento saying file to your MAD station. It is a list we received from Syntax of all the races that they have studied. Please take a look at it and see if you can find some connection between those patients and the John Doe in the MAD lab. We will get right on it, Captain, replied Dr. Basin. Siddle, the only one left in the briefing room, looks at the captain. You know, I was serious. My people really believe the grid is haunted. The captain looks at Siddle. I guess we'll have to exercise the grid. Siddle starts to laugh. They both chuckle as they exit the briefing room. Be with us next time for Chapter 10, The Finding.